Thank you, Pastor Luke, and thank you all for having me. All the way from Texas, we were scheduled to have a conference in Sacramento, and then we thought, well, if we're going to be in Sacramento, does anyone else want to benefit? And so you guys said yes, so thank you. The conference was canceled, but we're coming anyways because you guys are here. So I want to cover a, a, um, a topic this morning, our first session, about these missing link, ape-like, human-like fossils. What do we as Christians do with these fossils? Because we live in a culture that says and demands, if you don't believe that you came from apes, you're a big dummy. That's the culture we live in. We came from apes. Science has proved it. Has it really? Of course, I'm going to say no. Uh, let's look at what the scientists themselves say instead of looking at what politicians or newspapers say. How about that? Because all we have to do, we don't have to get a PhD in paleo, whatever these, paleoanthropology. You don't have to get a PhD in that to understand the issues. All you have to do is read. If you can read, you'll be good. So little kids, learn to read. I remember when I was, uh, I don't know how old, maybe 10 or 12 years old, too young to be watching this bad movie, and it was a movie called Quest for Fire. And I watched it when I was a little kid, and the movie has no dialogue. It just has people dressed up like apes. They glued fur on the bodies, and these people were walking around grunting, oh, 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 like this. And it portrayed in a Hollywood movie the ape-like creatures that we, modern humans, were supposed to have evolved from. And I thought, that's it. I just saw my human origins in front of me because that's how kids too many times get their truth is from movies. And I was one of them. And I believed that I came from apes because of the movie, because TV, because my teachers, because my textbooks, because my parents. Yeah, whatever the scientists say, that's what you got to go with. Now, I've made a 180. I no longer believe that I came from apes. I now believe I came from Adam. So you're supposed to say to yourself, why the change? What happened? And um, so I get to tell you my story. What happened was I decided to investigate each of these fossils. And I thought, well, is this fossil the missing link? Let's look into it. Is this fossil the missing link? Let's look into that one. And I, it was kind of painstaking, I got to say. It was a chore. But at the end of it, here's what I came out with. I realized every one of these fits into three categories, three categories, and none of those categories is missing link. <laughs> so let's look through some examples, and I'll try, to, I'll try to show you kind of the trend that I found as I looked through each of these, each of these kinds, each of these, missing links. Um, but just to reiterate, this is a big deal. It's an important issue because it's a gospel issue. I mean, I believed in Jesus and I trusted Christ while still believing I came from apes. So I'm not saying you have to believe all the Bible 100% in order to be saved. I'm not saying that because I'm a testimony to that. 
fact that you don't have to do that, but you, don't, you can't have a consistent understanding or a full uh, uh, underpinning for the gospel unless we have Adam as Adam. Paul said it like this in 1 Corinthians, and so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. By the way, what's he quoting there as though it's historical? Genesis chapter 2, as though it actually happened according to God's Word. Paul believed it, so if we believe what Paul said, we've got to believe what Paul believed, <laughs> which is Genesis, and uh, so we take him at his word. Um, the, the last Adam, now who's that, everyone? Jesus, the last Adam. You don't need any more Adams. Uh, he, he paid it all. He did it all, uh, and he gives us new life uh, according to this verse. But listen, if you came from apes, then there's no first Adam. And if there's no first Adam, you came from ape-like creatures instead of God-made man, then what sense does it make to have a last Adam? It's like you take the rug out from under the work of Christ when you, when you go with this idea. So there's theological, you know, there's, it's an important deal, especially because so here's the thing. My, I've got a friend, Dr. Dan Bill. He runs a creation ministry in Sacramento. I encourage you to get to know it. It's uh, Genesis Apologetics. And he uh, is an expert on uh, psychological analysis and surveys. And um, he ran a survey of 20-year-olds saying, do you believe in evolution? If yes, why? And the top reason was because of this issue. I believe in evolution because of the human-like, ape-like fossils. This parade, this parade here, I call it the fake parade. So you start with a little monkey and you go to a, some sort of a transitional form and you go from ape to man. And this icon, this picture, summarizes human evolution. But is it true? So I went and looked at each one of these fossils and found that, that um, Christians don't need to be... Well, you'll find out what I found. But as we go, I want to, I want to uh, train you up in a way that I think will be fun if we interact. So I'm going to tee up a fossil. And when you see this picture of a golf ball on a tee, I'm going to put my thumb up, and then you say, tee it up. And then you're going to see this picture of a golf club hitting that golf ball. And you're going to, I'm going to do this, and then you're going to say, hit it out. So let's practice. We're going to tee it up, and then we're going to see what the evolutionary experts say about their own fossils. That way you don't have to listen to the word of a dumb old creation person like me. Just listen to what they say, and they will help us hit it out, hit it out. So the first one, the first fossil, are you ready? It's going to be Ida. Oh, there's our icon. So let's look at Ida, and we will tee it up. Here's what Guardian said this newspaper, extraordinary find, is missing link in human evolution. Here it is. It's all teed up for us. This is where we came from, this missing link. Well, later, not much later, oh, here's what they said about it. This little creature is going to show our connection with the rest of all the animals. Um, this guy, the guy who's promoting the fossil, said, this will be the one pictured in textbooks for the next hundred years. By the way, it's not in the textbooks. It never made it in. Here it is 10 years later, more than 10 years later. This was 2009, April 2009. Now let's look at what other scientists 
found, they began to look at the fossil Ida, which was supposed to be our missing link. Its legs I show in the bottom half of this picture. Do you see the legs? Kind of a bent leg there. And then the top half of this picture, I show the legs of a modern creature. Who knows what those legs are from? Blurt it out if you can think of the animal. Have you ever heard of a lemur? Leaping lemur. And what they determined, what they determined, not some dumb creationist, what they determined was, uh, this is a dead lemur. <laughs> so then the news came out a few months later. Here it is, October. Controversial idol, Ida, no missing link. Guess what we get to do? Hit it out. So all you got to do is read. The headlines say, missing link. And then they study it further, and they realize, not a missing link. So, but man, I talked to Christians in 2009 that were, that were just so, like, they, they felt defeated. And they came up to me, and they said, back then I was Mr., not Dr., Mr. Thomas, what about Ida? Do I have to, do I have to doubt God's word because of Ida? And I said, because, I mean, they say, these scientists, they're the experts, and they say we came from this creature. But if we did then I can't trust Genesis, and it's a real issue. And I said, just wait. <laughs> and man, I was nice, so nice to be right. Just wait, because um, typically what happens is they'll come out with a, a further analysis where they will deny the relevance for evolution of this particular fossil. And sure enough, it happened. And uh, so that was powerful. Well, that is our first example, uh, and it fits into our first category. So I've got four examples we'll look at. Ida, Lucy, Homo habilis, Neanderthal. One, two, three, four. Modern man is just, we, that's us, so I don't need to talk about that. We know who we are. So it's four examples that will fit into three categories. Um, the first category is animal. It's a dead lemur. That's just an animal. You mean I'm supposed to take my pages of Genesis and tear them out, wad them up, and throw them in the trash because of a dead lemur? No, not me. I'm not going to do that. What about this big one? Oh, this is so popular. Lucy, nicknamed Lucy. So this is the California sixth grade public school textbook um, images uh, showing human evolution to all the... So we make sure to indoctrinate the next generation. Make sure you know that Adam is a myth. You came from apes. Here it is. There's the progression that they show in the textbook. There's an ape creature. Now it's labeled on the left and say it after me, because it's fun to say, because it's a big, long word, Australopithecus. That was weak. Are you guys awake? <laughs> Australopithecus. Well, we'll just nickname it Lucy, and that maybe will be easier to say. And then this creature called Homo habilis, which we'll talk about as the next example after we talk about Lucy. And then Homo sapiens, that's you and me, modern man. And it shows in the textbook, and the little students read, oh, it's a small, medium, large. It's early, middle, and more recent. It's just what we'd expect to find in the fossils if evolution's true. Ta-da, evolution must be true. So I had to look at the details of each of these examples to find out that the timing is wrong and the identification is wrong. So let's look at Lucy, Lucy this Australopithecus. Here are the claims. Oh, there's our icon. We have to set this up, so let's tee it up. Here's the claims about Lucy. Uh, by the way, this image shows like 
The dark-colored bones are what they actually found, and the light-colored bones are models that they added to complete the skeleton. Got that? Lumbar curve. All right, everyone's got a lumbar curve, and it's this curve in your spine in your lower back, and it's what helps. It's flexible, so you can, like, twist like this. By the way, this is fun, and uh, proof that my job is more fun than yours. Um, Human-like pelvis, that's the claim. Uh, human-like knees, and, um, and a human-like foot. So what they're saying about Lucy, what they've been saying since 1974, Lucy was an ape that walked like a man. An ape that walked like... So it was becoming human because it's starting to walk. That's what they claim about Lucy. So that's to tee it up. Now let's look at the science of anatomy and how we walk. Is it rolling? Is this guy walking yet? Oh, I have to do this. See if this, if this video works. So what we do is we put, these scientists put little dots to track the motion of the different body parts as we walk. And um, it only plays up there, not down here, so I'm having to turn around. But um, um, when we walk, it's a uniquely human way that we walk. No animal walks like a man. Now there's the chimp, and notice the way it walks. It has to waddle, its, its knees are out, its knees are bent, and it has a particular posture when it walks. Very different, very unique. Um, when a human walks, our pelvis goes one way. For example, I take a, left, a right step, my pelvis turns this way, but my shoulders the opposite. So left hand forward, and so what's happening is my spine twists a little bit with every step I take. Not so with chimpanzees. The pelvis and the, uh, uh, the shoulders go the same way because they have a stiff spine. Now, what does that help them do with that stiff, stable spine that doesn't twist? Any guesses? Just blurt it out. Climb trees. Very good at climbing trees. Stable platform for climbing trees. And they have hands for feet so they can climb trees. Let's do this. Let's see if you are chimp or human. We're going to do an exercise. Are we ready? Everybody stand. Stand. Okay, let's see if you are chimp-like or human-like with your spine. Now, if you have a bad back, you are exempt from participation today. But with your feet pointed forward, I'm going to ask you to turn around Say hi to the person behind you without moving your feet. It'll be like this. Ready? Go. Hello back there. If you're in the back, you have to say hi to the wall. Wow, you're all actual people. Oh, congratulations. Have a seat. Good job. Uniquely human. Because of your configuration, you can walk. You have two gears, walking and running. And... Um, did Lucy have that? That's the question. Was Lucy becoming human? And so we look at the actual fossils and compare them to the claims. First of all, the claim was Lucy had a lumbar vertebrae, twistable spine. Um, do you see the vertebrae? Guys, the lower vertebrae aren't even there. This is bad science. Yeah, Lucy had a twistable spine. Where's the spine? I don't see anything. Well, they're imagining it. 
So because they imagine it, does that mean I have to take the pages of Genesis, rip them out of my Bible? Well, these evolutionists imagine that there's an ape-like creature. Become, they invented evidence that doesn't even exist. Really bad science. Human knee? Well, it's found 200 feet deeper, hundreds of feet away. They scoured the ground, and they sifted all this soil, and they ran it through a hopper, and they pulled all the bones out of this giant land area in Africa, and then they assembled whatever bones they wanted to put on one skeleton. I think it's a human knee, not an ape knee at all. And how convenient that it doesn't have a connecting bone to connect it to the rest of the skeleton. It does not belong on this skeleton. That's bad science, too. It's got an ape-like ear canal showing most of these bones belong to an extinct ape. And the pelvis was adjusted using, like, a Dremel tool. This guy named Owen Lovejoy in the 1980s said, ah, in order to get Lucy to walk, we have to have the pelvis bones adjusted to where the femur will fit in so that you can get this full range of motion like a human does when we walk. Chimps, it's bent hip, bent knee. That's how, this is how they walk. Different hip configuration. So to make it fit, he took a Dremel, filed it away, and made it more human-like. That's bad science. And uh, uh, what about those feet? No foot bones. <laughs> Are you gonna t- Do you see the foot? Okay, there's a bit of a tibia and there's a bit of an ankle. That's it. But uh, how, did it, how do you know it walked if there's not even human If it walked like a man, you should have evidence for that. Where are the foot bones? There aren't any there. So, this is on display at the Creation Museum in Kentucky. Um, That's not the Institute for Creation Research, although we do now have a discovery center in Dallas. This one's in Kentucky, and it's anatomically precise to Lucy's skeletal parts, but in this case, they covered it with fur, and Lucy would have looked just like this, if you cover it with fur. And then this evolutionist, these couple guys said, Stern and Sussman said it in 1983, way back when, Lucy's kind would have walked, bent hip, bent knee, rather like a chimpanzee. So it's an, it's an ape. It's an extinct ape. In fact, that's what the late Solly Zuckerman said, British anatomist. They are just apes! So now we get to do what? Hit it out. They're just apes, guys. I'm supposed to say, oh, I couldn't have come from Adam because there's a dead ape? Really? It's just an extinct ape. Do not let Lucy scare you into doubting Genesis. Lucy is just an ape, most of it. Now we get to set up the next piece, which is a special set of footprints. Um, Footprints at a place called Laetoli. Some of you may have heard of Laetoli. Now, if you go to the Perot Museum, which is the big evolutionary monument in Dallas, you can see a replica of the Laetoli footprints. Why are they so highly featured, these footprints? Here's, some, here's, a, here's the original photo from the journal Nature in the 1970s, and it looks exactly like human footprints. But here's the thing. They're down in Lucy layers. So, so the idea is you've got Lucy remains here, and then human remains in rock layers up here, millions of years later, in the evolutionary way of thinking. And so 
That way you can tell a story about how Lucy down here evolved into humans up here. But now we've got human tracks down in Lucy layers, sort of out of place, right? Because you're supposed to have human artifact, human remains, human fossils are supposed to be way up here, not down there. So what do they say? Well, these are human tracks, but humans had not yet evolved, so therefore apes must have made these tracks. We must have had walking apes back then. That's the conclusion. So here it is in in, uh, illustrated form. Lucy layers down below, transitionals in between, and then human remains in layers up top. That's what evolution um, suggests the fossils show. But in fact, uh, here's what they found about about these Laetoli tracks. Is, uh, it's, here, here, I've clipped this from the Nature Journal. It says, the unique striding bipedal mode of locomotion employed by modern people. So these tracks in Africa look like modern human feet made them. You know what? I agree. I agree. Because human feet are very unique. No creature has human feet. Apes, including Lucy, have hands for feet. But here's the Laetoli footprint there for comparison. That's a human foot. So let's let them hit it out. Here's what they say. Laetoli footprints um, are human. They're human-like. And there's the analysis. Modern human at the top, Laetoli at the bottom. Anatomy is uh, human all the way. So why not just have humans make human tracks? I mean... Is that bad science? I don't think so. So we get to hit it out. Did we do that yet? Okay, we hit it out. It's, so we just let them tell us the results of their analysis because for every evolutionary colleague of mine who says, this is the missing link, this is, this is our human origins in the fossil record, another evolutionary colleague will say, well, I'm looking at the same evidence, but I don't think it points to evolution at all. I believe in evolution, but not because of that evidence. I think it's this evidence over here. And so there's always disagreement on every one of these fossils, and Laetoli is one of them. So now we've got a problem because we've got human feet way down in Lucy layers. It's out of order. That means humans are down there. Is there any other evidence that humans were down there in the wrong rock layers? Well, the more we dig, the more stuff we find. In fact, we keep finding more Lucy remains since 1974, and we found them up in human layers. So you got Lucy down below, Lucy up above. you got human down below and human up above. It's a jumbled mess, and there's no telling where you're going to find any body part from any kind of creature. It could be up, it could be down. That's not a, that's not a progress of evolution. That's just a bunch of mud with a bunch of fossils, a bunch of dead creatures in it, in a big mess. Here's one. I remember when this came out in the journal Science in 2010, I read the paper, and they did all these analysis on this one foot bone, the fourth metatarsal left foot. It's this bone right here. connects to the bone, connects to the toe next to your pinky toe. And, uh, it, 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 um, and they said this, we analyzed the angle of it, we analyzed the length and all these different ratios, and every analysis that they put this toe through came out. Well, let's see if I have my mouse. Can you see my mouse? No. What if I did this? Okay, this is, this is, um, 
The fourth metatarsal of the chimpanzees is in this range. Fourth metatarsal of gorillas. By the way, the scientific name for gorilla is gorilla, gorilla. It's a fun one. The fourth metatarsal for modern man is pretty wide-ranging, but it's basically in this range for this particular metric. And now here is the, the measurement for the fourth metatarsal of the mysterious fossil. So which creature does it match? Human. It's distinctly human, this fourth metatarsal. But guys, it's down here, like the Laetoli prints. And I remember reading the paper, and I got, I was like, it's human, it's human, it's human. It's human from all, six different analyses, human, every single one. And then at the very last paragraph, it said, we found a human-like foot bone, but because it's down in these layers, before man had yet evolved, therefore, an extinct unknown ape must have had this human foot bone. What? It's not even connected with any kind of ape bone at all. It's just an isolated bone. You know, maybe I'm just a goofy scientist, but I kind of think that a human foot bone ought to have belonged to a human. And that there's no reason for me to say, oh, well, I've got I to gotta pretend that I didn't come from Adam because of a, a human foot bone? It's just a human foot bone. Well, yes, there's other skeletons. In fact, the very first skeleton found in the Lucy layers... Lucy discovered 1974, but skeleton OH1 discovered in 1913. No one talks about this, but they found it. It's, the very first thing they found was a human, and then it took decades later before they found these extinct apes. And they don't talk about the human that's buried in the same layers. They just talk about the Australopiths, the, the Lucys, um, so that they can tell this story. Uh, here's the story. We're going to... Knock it out. Did you do, oh, hit it out? Let's try that again. Let's hit it out. Hit this icon out. That's a progression of evolution. It's only in the minds of people who want to believe it. What the actual fossils show is humans are below, humans above, apes below, apes above. It's a jumbled mess. That's what the actual fossils show. So that brings us to the second example which was Lucy, and it fits the same category as Ida did, dead animal. It's just, Lucy was a dead lemur, uh, sorry, Ida was a dead lemur, Lucy a dead ape, and now we look at Homo habilis, and we're, you guys are going to get trained up. But before we get to Homo habilis, we have to talk about these creepy-looking eyes. I took this photo years ago when I went to the Denver Museum. Um, hey, does, can someone tell me, like, when to stop? Okay. I need help with the timing of things. Thank you. Uh, okay, look at those eyes. And I thought, you know, that's an ape-like head, but it's put on a human-like body with a distinctly human spine with this human-like gait and uh, human eyes, for sure. Because as everyone knows, eyeballs fossilize, Right? Uh, no. <laughs> the artist decided what kind of eyes to put in this creature. A lot of artistry going on here. In fact, the artist who works for National Geographic, he made these models. The, the one on the left is a human. The one in the middle is a human. The one on the right is, a, is based on a fossil ape. Oh, sorry, the, 
And then the one on the far right is an actual photo of an actual gorilla. You, got, you get me with so far? Are you with me so far? Okay. So model, 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 and then actual ape. And the guy John Gersh said and admitted it to National Geographic, I wanted to get a human soul into this ape-like face to indicate something about where she, Lucy, was headed. So he's doing this. I mean, this guy in the bo- that is just creepy. That's scary looking. And it's like, did I come from something like that? Is that what the science shows? No, it's what I wanted. He didn't say, the fossils demanded that I put a human soul into this ape-like face. He didn't say, the evidence required. The science was such that I just can't deny that. He said, I wanted. I believe it, so I want other people to believe it, so I want it. And that's the motivation for putting ape for putting human eyes. By the way, the whites of the eyes is unique to humans. And we have a whole mode of communication that just happens using the whites of our eyes. I remember, for example, at the dinner table, I've got five kids, and, and when they're all in college now, but back in junior high days, we'd sit at the dinner table, and how was your day? And, and here's what I got. Dad, you know my day was fine, whatever. So, rolling of the eyes. Guess what chimps don't do? Roll their eyes. Even if they could, the other chimps wouldn't recognize it because they don't have the software to process any of that kind of communication. Animals, including gorillas, when they look at you, they point their face, their whole face at you. That's how they tell. Let's say they say, don't look at a baboon, don't face. You can look at a baboon with your eyeballs as long as your face, ma'am, I'm looking at you, right? <laughs> But my face is pointing this way. So if you were a baboon, I'd still be safe. I'm sorry, you're not at all. (laughs) I'm sure you're lovely. But the point being, eyeballs, uniquely human, don't put those in an ape face unless you want to uh, perpetuate an evolutionary myth. So Lucy is just an ape. What about Homo habilis? I mean, what is that? Did we come from a transitional ape-like form. So let's go ahead and tee it up. And we're almost done. We just got a few quick ones left. I got five minutes. Uh, I'm holding a homo habilis skull. It's it's mostly human, this particular one, uh, KNMER 1470, the skull, the fossil designation. But the category of homo habilis includes all kinds of different species, and it includes a constant name changing. So it's like, what is it? Well, one evolutionist will say it's this, another will say it's that. Um, and, and a lot of these bones are reconstructed from disarticulated and crushed fragments. So there's lots of room for imagination. So you don't know, you don't know what all these are. But you know what? I don't have to get a PhD in paleoanthropology. I just listen to what this guy says. Ian Tattersall, 2001, Homo habilis is an all-embracing wastebasket species into which a whole Various group of fossils can be conveniently swept. So you can sweep some human bits, some ape-like bits, throw them all into this bucket and call it Homo habilis. Guys, that's, that's, not, even, that's not even good science. That's just uh, it's a wastebasket species. Don't believe those guys? Here's 2016. Although the transition from Australopithecus to Homo, by the way, the transition, as though it actually happened. They don't doubt that it happened, because how 
dare you doubt evolution? That's a fact. But what I found is I went through each of these examples, and none of them supported evolution. Every one of them was just an extinct thing or a wastebasket. Anyway, they assume that it's a fact, even though they admit in the very same sentence, the fossil record is virtually undocumented. There's no fossils to support evolution, even though we know it happened. This is crazy talk, bad science. So we get to, hey, hit it out. Homo habilis never gave rise to Homo erectus. Homo habilis never was part of our ancestry. It used to be in the 70s and 80s and 90s, the missing link. But these guys nowadays are saying, no, not at all. These discoveries have completely changed the story. In 2007, they discovered Homo habilis skulls, which are supposed to be down here. They found them where? In human layers up here, mixed with humans. So humans and Homo habilis, they're just the same thing, um, except with some ape bones mixed in. So I'm going to call the category imaginary, Homo habilis imaginary, because it's just like uh, a wastebasket. And into that category, you can also throw or um, label um, the frauds. Piltdown Man was a fraud where they took the skull of a human, the jaw of, of like an ape, and they filed down the jaw back in the early 20th century, and they stained it as though it was old. And they placed, someone placed it in some bone pit for another uh, uh, evolutionary um, paleoanthropologist to discover, which he did, and boy, it was just a fraud. And yet it was in the textbooks for 40 years as the human ancestor, the proof of evolution. They have to make it up because it doesn't exist in the real world. Now, finally, Neanderthal. And people say, what was ne who was Neanderthal? So we got, what was the first category? Animal. Second category was? Imaginary. Third category, um, we're going to find that... Um, Neanderthal fits this third category. So let's tee him up. And I took this photo from the Field Museum in Chicago, and they've got a Neanderthal dude in a grass skirt behind a glass box, and he looks really kind of creepy. I remember these little girls were in front of me, and they had these notepads or doing something for school, I guess, and they were, they come around the corner, and then there's this glass box, and, oh! and there's this moment like, is it real? And then we're looking at it, and this guy's staring at you. It looks so real, but I guess it's made of rubber or something. Um, and I said, you know, because we're in Chicago. I mean, all kinds of different looking people are in Chicago. And I said, if you, if you gave him a haircut and put on a suit, he would look like you wouldn't even recognize him walking down the street. And the girl was like, yeah. Why? Why would he... Why would he look that way to her and to us because we now know after analyzing the DNA shared 99.7% of DNA uh, 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 with humans by the way the 99% DNA similarity between chimps and humans is a fake fact um, so don't worry about that one it's actually no more than 84% if you include all the DNA um, we can talk about that at some other time we have burials where there's Neanderthal humans with their particular slope foreheads and eyebrow ridges married with modern-looking humans, and they had kids that were in between. It's just variety within mankind. Some people are tall. Some people are short. Some people have this shape. Some people have that shape. Neanderthal people were unique. 
But the same uniqueness, there's people today who have these same Neanderthal characteristics. They cooked food, they made jewelry, they buried their dead. Uh, they were people. You know, some of their dead were buried in caves. Oh, that means they were cavemen. You know what cavemen were? Men who lived in caves. So I have to take Genesis, tear it out, and say, oh, I didn't come from Adam after all. God got it wrong. Because some of my ancestors had to live in caves when times were tough? No. These are descendants of Adam, descendants of Noah. So we get to hit it out. Neanderthal is just a human. So that's our final category, human. Guess what? There's nothing, there's nothing in an evolutionary category. So I got these. Uh, so in summary, uh, Ida, Lucy, there's another one called Artipithecus rambidus, just an extinct ape. Don't worry about it. Uh, then there's the imaginary ones like Java man, uh, Piltdown man, and just the idea of a caveman. It's just, it's just imaginary categories. Uh, and then there's actual humans. Maybe some of these were diseased, people with particular diseases, just like today. People have diseases that affect our shape of our bones as we grow, um, like, like these we see here. So, let's wrap it up, shall we? In the end, after my journeys and discoveries and investigations, I found the Bible got it right. I found I can trust God's Word. Beforehand, and I'm going to tell you my story in the main service hour of how I went from evolution to creation, so we'll talk about that in a minute, but, but in that process, I had to investigate the science, and what I found was, man, God got it right. Beforehand, I was like, I don't know which, which, which of these words should I trust. I'm not sure which ones. Some of them, science has disproved, right? And at the end, I realized, that's not even good science. In fact, if it's either a man or an ape, then it's just a created kind or a created mankind, just like Genesis says. And these people and animals lived before the flood. They lived after the flood. And the world matches the word. Every time we investigate it, that's what we find. And so have confidence that you can trust that Genesis got it right. Thanks, everybody.